All right, Bears fans, the holiday season is approaching and we have the perfect gift for you. It is the Perfect Package 3.0 by Manscaped, the number one recommended gift all year long. Inside, you'll find their Lawnmower 3.0, which is the best men's below the belt grooming trimmer, which can also be used on any part of the body. Hairy chest or back? Look no further. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is designed to reduce cuts and makes for a smooth trim. This 7,000 RPM trimmer has helped reduce manscaping accidents around the world. In addition, you'll find other liquid formulations inside the perfect package like their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Ball Toner, and Reduced Chafing Boxer Briefs. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know your manhood is in good hands. Your lady won't be disappointed either. Save 20% off plus free shipping with the code SHY at manscaped.com. Again, that is code CHI, SHY, in the Manscaped shop for 20% off and free shipping. Now back to Bears Nation Podcast. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Welcome, everybody, back to Bears Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Lapkett. Today, we've got a special guest from Lakeshore Live, Austin Fugelstad. Austin, how's it going, my man? Good. It's good to be back. Um, love coming on the podcast with you, man. And it's, uh, we're excited to, talk some, excited to talk some Bears, but not excited about the team. Uh, definitely not excited about the team. First off, guys, check out Lakeshore Live. They do some really awesome stuff. Great Bears content. Also, some Bulls content. Had Sam Smith, I listened to that episode. That was great. Uh, so Thank if you guys you. do one thing today, be sure to check out Lakeshore Live. But we do have some breaking Bears news mm-hmm. for you guys that we are just looking at on Twitter right now. The Bears have placed star safety Eddie Jackson on the COVID-19 reserve list. So that is not good news. But from Dan Weaver, uh, it, is his, it is his understanding that Eddie Jackson has not tested positive but was a close contact with someone outside of House Hall. So everything is happening very quickly right now, Austin. And people are obviously looking towards the Packers game. What does this defense look like without Eddie Jackson in the event that he does not play? We know that if you are a close contact, you have to take, I believe, five days of quarantine until you can return. So this is being recorded on Monday. Eddie Jackson uh, is being put on the list on Monday. So he would be eligible to return on Sunday if everything goes right and he tests negative all these times and follows the protocols correctly. Um, but Austin, your kind of reaction on this is everything, you know, the big game on Sunday, things are happening very quickly. This is kind of the last thing Bears fans really yeah. wanted to see on their Twitter feed. Yeah, it, you know, it just seems like we can't catch a break this year. It's very frustrating for the most part. Um, and essentially we can't like, you know, I'm hoping that we obviously we catch a break and he's only on COVID list, but you know, until, you know, the five days or whatever. Um, but you know, he's the one who makes everybody in the secondary better. If there's no Eddie Jackson, then obviously you're going to have to get, um, Tishon Gibson to step up. And if, if Eddie can't go, it's actually Sheriff McManus. If he's healthy, Uh that'll back him up. So I'm actually kind of comfortable with that, but I also know that these guys play well, that we've seen them play well because they play next to Eddie Jackson. Eddie's only missed like what two games, I think. And that was 2018 after they clinched the division. So, um, yeah, it's, it's worrisome. You never want to miss Eddie, especially in a big game like this. Um, where I'm not going to say it yet, but the Bears get a win, they're going to pull all of our hopes back in, and it's going to it's going to be another roller coaster. But um, yeah, we definitely need Eddie against this uh, very very high powered um, offense of the Packers. 
Well, let's talk about it because that was actually the first thing I had uh, written down here. I tweeted yesterday, quote, LOL, the Bears are one game out of a playoff spot and we've got people talking about tanking. And that tweet, for some reason, was controversial. It got 148 likes. And I don't tweet too often for my personal account. I usually tweet from the Bears Nation Podcast Twitter account. But this one got a lot of likes. But it also got a lot of replies of people calling me an idiot. You know, why don't we tank and all of this? And it kind of led me to think that there is sort of a spectrum of Bears fans right now. At one, at one end of the spectrum is full tank. Tank for Fields, Wilson, Lawrence, whatever QB you think they want. And at the other end of the spectrum is ride it out for the playoffs, magical playoff run, Super Bowl. So, Austin, where do you stand on that spectrum right now? Uh, I'm moving more and more towards, like, get a better draft pick. But, obviously, mm. if the Bears can fix something, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's so I – don't, I don't know. Like, I've, I've been kind of saying this, but, like, these games are just, like, they're weird. Like, we can't get anything going, and it's not, it's not like we don't have the talent. Like that's mm-hmm. the, that's the frustrating part. It's like, we don't, we had, we don't have, I don't I don't even know. I guess it's the scheme, the play calling, but like, we just don't have it right now. Like no mojo. I'm hoping this bye week maybe gives them a break, but like if, if they have one good game, who knows how the rest of the season goes. So like, that's kind of thing as a fan, I'm always rooting for them to win. I'm always rooting for the bears to win, but um, you know, realistically looking, the window is going to close after next year. So if you, win this year or you're middle of the pack you would like to see the bears go get someone that they like um whether that be like uh or you know go get their quarterback um and it's not going to be you know zach wilson justin fields or trevor lawrence it'll be like a kyle trask or um or something along those lines but you know if they don't make the playoffs you would like to see them make a move for it but for now i mean until they're until i would say if they lose sunday then i'm all for them kind of you know, focusing on next year. But for now, I obviously, I want them to win and I want them to see what they can do. We still got Eric Cush, Jason Spriggs, uh, guys that can, uh, you know, bust up this offensive line. So I don't know. I, I still hope because it's been such a weird season. But like, man, I can't imagine this team holding, being this bad on offense the entire year. But I don't know. Hey, <laughs> the way it's been looking, I wouldn't be surprised. But, know. Uh, you know, here, here's the thing. Here's the deal. Um, you know, people are pessimistic about the team right now, as they rightfully should be. You know, you're five and five, you dropped four in a row. And people obviously have their opinions about tanking and what the realistic expectations are for this team. But the reality of it, of it is, as you look at the playoff standings, the Bears are five and five, the Packers are seven and three, and they have two games left against the Packers. So take away all the other games from the schedule for both teams. And let's say the Packers beat, or the Bears beat the Packers twice. They're right there in the front of the NFC North. So it's kind of all in front of them for the Chicago Bears. It really is. I mean, everything that they want to accomplish is in front of them. There is a clear path for them to win the division, not just get into the wild card, which I think 10 and 6 would do. 9 and 7, I don't think would get you in. But let's the division is not out of the question. You have four division games left, one against the Vikings, one against the Lions, two against the Packers. I'm not ruling this thing out, Austin. And the reason why I'm not doing that is because people say, oh, well, you know, the Bears, you know, they almost lost to the Lions and they almost lost to the Giants. Are they real? Well, let me tell you, okay, they beat the Buccaneers. They should have beat the Saints had, you know, a few plays gone their way. Um, I mean, you can play that game all day, so I'm not going to do that. But this is in front of them, and I'm not giving up because with this defense, you know, and I know you know, they will have a chance to win every single game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and. If you look at their schedule, like you said, I mean, you have the Lions, you've got the Vikings, you've got the Packers twice, and then you have the the, the Jags and the uh, and and the Texans. So, 
um, both, which are both winnable games. And then you take care of divisional games like you have been actually the only thing that Nagy has really been doing well since he joined here consistently is winning divisional games. Um, so if he can continue on that stretch, I think the Bears are, uh, you know, it starts on Sunday. I mean, here's the thing. Like, the rest of the season out, it's the playoffs. So you have one, maybe maybe we'll room to lose one game. But if you come out Sunday night and you somehow – I mean, to, granted, to, for the Bears to win on Sunday night, that's, something huge is going to have to happen. I mean, a breakthrough is going to have to happen. They're going to have to get a couple lucky breaks. They're going to have to create turnovers. But if they come in and win Sunday night, it changes the whole landscape of the rest of the Bears season. So – and, and whatever quarterback they're bringing in, um, you know, whoever, if you can deliver a win on Sunday night against Green Bay in Green Bay with, I think then Minnesota is up next um, in which a game that they should not have lost. And they're, it's not a good team. Um, so if you get the offense going here, it'll set the tone for the rest of the season um, and beyond. And essentially the, the uh, you know, it, it just starts, it's, it's all I'm going to say. It starts Sunday. They don't win Sunday. I don't think they're going to make it. If they win Sunday, I think they have a, actually a solid chance of getting that seven seed. I mean, if they win Sunday, there's a realistic chance they could still That's take huge. the division. That's huge. And you'll see Bears Twitter, Bears Facebook, mm-hmm. everywhere. You'll see the whole landscape of that change again, like we, when we were 5-1. and one. So, um, yeah, I mean, it sucks being 5-5, five and five, especially. Like, those are the – straight up, those are the three hardest games before the Vikings game. Those are the three hardest games. Um, that the Bears are going to have this season. And the fact that they had a chance to win two of them and then they lost the Vikings game obviously hurts a lot. But they're 5-5. Five and five. They've got a very favorable schedule. The NFC West, you know, is, is the only kind of thing to worry about there. But the, 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 I don't think the Niners are making the playoffs. And then you're going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to be ahead of the Rams or the Cardinals. Um, so actually Monday night's game when you're listening to this. But Monday night game, we're rooting for the Bucs because, you know, you want those good teams to really? keep winning. I am. Uh, the the Bucks. I don't think the Bucks are. Um, I think the Bucks are going to be like eleven and five. So, I would rather have the Rams, who are way more susceptible to losing, continue to lose. Okay. So, like, if the Rams lose tonight, they're six and four, and then you have the Cardinals at six and four, right? And the Rams still have to play the Seahawks again. They have to play the Cardinals again. They might actually have to play the Cardinals twice. Um, so. You want right. you want those two teams to keep losing, and if they keep losing, then and the Bears keep winning, then you're gonna have a really good chance of making the playoffs. So the only thing that scares me about that scenario is the tiebreaker. You know, they have the tiebreaker over the Buccaneers. It looks like the Saints are gonna run away with that division. Well, I wouldn't say run away, but the fact that they just you know handled the Falcons with Taysom Hill looks like they'll take care of that. But you know, it, even if the Rams do drop a few games. Bears-Rams still end up both, let's say, 10-6. and six. Bears don't get in in that situation if the Rams are the seventh seed. Yeah. If the Bucks just drop three games somehow starting tonight, they would only need to drop two of their last five then after that. That would be a more likely scenario because of that tiebreaker. So I think that – I understand your point because then you could kind of play the game, well, who's the better team? Who's going to drop more games? What's the strength of schedule look like? And I don't know what each team's strength of schedule looks like. You would probably imagine the Rams' strength of schedule is harder because they do have those NFC West games. But I think they handled the Seahawks earlier this year. I believe they won that game. Uh, I I might be mistaken. But that's where I'm coming from about the tiebreaker because that does scare me. And that you go back to that game against the Rams, why that game was so uh, crucial is for that exact reason. And you're going to see that play out as the rest of the year goes on. You'd be like, damn, man, if only we had just beaten the Rams, we'd be in a much better spot. Yeah, the Rams game was huge. But looking at schedules now, you've got um, LA and Tampa Bay tonight. Then Tampa Bay plays actually against Kansas City. Oh. Uh, but, then a- but then after that, 
then after that, it's, it's very easy. Uh, it's Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, and then Atlanta. So that'll be kind of tough for them to lose. And the record right now is eight and two, seven, three. Seven and three. So yeah, it's it'll be tough for them to lose three games there in the home stretch. But if you look at LA, who is currently uh, six and three, if they lose tonight, they're six and four. Mm-hmm. Um, then they have San Francisco next week, which will probably win. Then they have Arizona, um, New England, the Jets, which they'll they'll lose. Uh, Seattle, or they'll win. Um, and then uh, Arizona. So if they like those are you lose tonight, that's six and four. Then you lose. Two of the games of, or actually, yeah, yeah, you'd have to lose three, right? They'd six and five. No, wait, they're six, maybe six and four. Yeah, actually, yeah. So it is tough. It is going to be tough for the Bears to make the playoffs. Straight so, up. Well, so this is what I think we want to happen here, now that I'm thinking about it. We want the Rams to win tonight. We want the Rams to then beat the Cardinals twice, push the Cardinals out of the playoffs. The Rams can take that five spot in the NFC, but they give the Buccaneers a loss. Hopefully the Buccaneers get another one. Uh, push the Cardinals out of the equation if possible. Um, I, I think that's probably the most likely scenario. And, and we could do this all day, man. I mean, there's, you know, all these different pathways and stuff. But I think just kind of the bottom line is that I, I think, you know, I'm not giving up hope yet because of the nature of this team. Yes, the offense is horrible. But even in their worst games, even in their, you know, the, the worst offensive games in Chicago Bears history, there's been a chance with minutes left in the game for them to win. Uh, and that's why I say, well, people say, well, why, you know, why don't you want them to just tank? Because once they get into the playoffs, they can't do anything anyway. I actually really disagree with that point. I've been saying this for weeks. Absolutely. I think the Bears are a yeah. dangerous team in the playoffs because Absolutely. what team wants to come to Chicago in negative 10 degree weather against that defense? Not as I can guarantee you, not a single team in the NFC wants to do that. Um, so that's, that's part of my philosophy there on why I don't want the Bears to quote unquote tank and the reason why people are saying that word so much. So. That's where I'm at on that spectrum. I'm on and, that hope side. And even if you – I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here because there's a lot that they have to do. But even if they make the wild card, they either are going to be playing more than likely uh, Seattle um, or Green Bay or and possibly the Saints. But all three of those teams – like Green Bay is probably the most dangerous one and the Bears are the most familiar team with Green Bay. So they know how, they know how that game goes. And then if you, know, if you play Seattle, um, their defense is terrible. Um, and, and I think I honestly, I fully, and I'll probably, I might get the heat for this, but I fully believe the Bears defense can shut down Russell Wilson. No problem uh, to be honest with you, because, um, you have DK Metcalf, who's not an all-star, but like we've played, um, I feel like the Bears have played pretty similar caliber wide receivers this year. So if you're able to shut down DK, you have Tyler Lockett to worry about, and that's about it. Um, and then, and then you have, uh, the saints who the Bears just almost beat. So, um, yeah, I honestly think if they make the playoffs, it's anyone's game. I mean, the Giants were pretty bad when they won those Super Bowls in the regular season, but they still ended up winning. So it really depends. I mean, it just – it really depends. Uh, as long as we have that defense in the playoffs, we're fine. But something's – I mean, no, nothing – none of this happens until the offense starts scoring over 20 points. So none of this happens until that, that happens. And, and who knows? Like, obviously staying hopeful. Hopefully that happens on Sunday. But, um, like, if not, then we're going to have to head into next season – I don't, I don't even know what we'd do. But, yeah, we're, we're going to get to this scenario. If the Bears figured out an offense, then they're going to they, – the sky's the limit at that point. Let's talk offense then. Uh, you know, I don't know if you've seen me on Twitter. I'm a Mitch guy. All right, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm a Mitch guy. I ride with him. I, I've been with him the whole way long. I'm a, I'm a Mitch guy, and I will not call myself a Trubisky truther. That phrase uh, irks me, but – I'm a Trubisky guy. And here's, here's what's kind of interesting. And people say, well, is there any opportunity for the offense to get better? How can it get better? There's no way it can get better. 
Well, I do think that's possible. And not just because I think Mitch can change the game a little bit, but there also is a little bit of that unknown of what Mitch Trubisky can be without Matt Nagy as the play caller. And maybe that should excite people. Adam Abdallah of ESPN 1000, I don't know if you know him. He came on our show uh, a while back, and he kind of made the analogy that Matt Nagy, this was in the offseason, so he's completely wrong, but he said Matt Nagy was a NASCAR driver driving a Prius, you know, saying Mitch Trubisky was the Prius, and he wasn't able to do everything he wanted to do because the quarterback was holding him back. I, well, that's most definitely not the case. And, and maybe Mitch is a Maserati, you know, see what I did there, uh, that is being driven by a 16-year-old who just got their permit. Like, I truly think there is a chance with a new play caller that things could just click for Mitch Trubisky. And no, he won't turn into a top 10 quarterback, but turn into that guy who can run an average offense, which is all this team needs. So, you know, with Bill Lazor in there, we've never seen Mitch with a different play caller uh, like Bill Lazor. I mean, what, do we think there could be something there, assuming Mitch is the starter on Sunday night? Uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. If you look at what Mitch has done against the Packers in his career, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, who knows with Bill Lazor to change. I, I continue to think Nagy's scheme when it's the right plays is decent, but his play calling, the way he does it, it's like he throws plays at the wall and hopes they stick, and d- just situational play calling is terrible. Bill Lazor did okay in the beginning of the game. He tried to be creative. The run game, believe it or not, even though they didn't get many yards, looked way better than it has uh, for the the whole season. So, um, but, you know, his issue was calling plays on third down, running the Wildcat a little too much. Um, All Minnesota did was just blitz zero, and Foles couldn't figure it out. They just ran verticals on third and six, and Minnesota had plenty of time to get to Nick Foles. So, um, there's some work that has to be done and I'm hoping that two, yeah, two weeks to prepare for green Bay. So I'm hoping that they spent plenty of time. The coaches for sure. Um, spent plenty of time and tried to uh, get ready, um, for this, but I, I, at this point would rather see Trubisky for sure. I think he, um, broke the, the big thing here. And we saw, like, we saw this with new Orleans, like, um, Sean Payton started Taysom Hill because when a play gets broken, Taysom Hill can make a play still when a play gets mm-hmm. broken with Nick Foles you're done. Nick Foles can't evade the pocket. Um, He can't get out. I think Nick Foles is a decent quarterback, but uh, with this offensive line and, and honestly with his just being put in there so early in the season, just, I don't know, he just can't seem to get it. So I think you might as well just try Mitch back there again. I mean, again, you look at, I mean, I don't know why we can't do this, but you look at Brian Flores in Miami. Uh, Tua was playing really bad. He put in Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, they were able to drive the ball and score points and they almost came back. So I don't know why if Nick isn't playing well, he can't just put in Mitch. If Mitch isn't playing well, you just put in Nick. And I mean, who cares? Like if you have to, you know, who cares what you have to do at the end of the season? Like if you're trying to win, you're trying to win. So ultimately um, I think Mitch gives the bears a better chance for in green Bay, a hundred percent being able to run, you know, run a little bit and, and get open. And, and, you know, we're starting to see Darnell Mooney get involved a little bit more. So as he gets involved and we see what Mitch can do with that, um, and yeah, and we'll see. I hope Artavis Pierce gets some more um, carries as well because he was a little bit Tariq Cohen-esque um, last game against the Vikings. So there's a lot of things they can do and a lot of preparation. And again, like you said, it takes like it takes one game, one game, one positive game. They can use that for the rest of the season uh, closing out. So we'll see. Well, we know this team is built on energy and momentum and confidence, and Mitch Trubisky is built on energy, momentum, and confidence. So I, li- I like your point there that if they get going and it takes one game, they can ride that. And, you know, you talk about getting hot at the right times, uh, and that's a real thing. You know, assume they go 
five and one, six and zero, oh, and all of a sudden you're hot going into the playoffs, and you look back at the season, you think, well, would we rather have started uh, eleven and zero oh, and then dropped the last five, or do it in the the path that they've done it now? So I think that is something worth noting. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there, but that's a great point. Uh, I, I do want to bring up the you kind of brought up. Uh, you know, when you're talking about Taysom Hill, just his ability to make plays and, and the excitement and, and just the ability to make plays there. And I think people blame Nagy and Laser for this offense's lack of sheer excitement. And that's certainly justified to an extent. But no one should have been surprised by this outcome once they made Foles the starter. I mean, he's in the bottom 20%, 25% of the league in average intended air yards. And guess who ranks number two in that category? Mitch Trubisky does. Uh, and let me put it this way. And this is kind of, I don't know if this is a hot take. But I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky throw it deep, run around, uh, run around a little bit, do something exciting, and throw an interception than have Foles throw three straight checks down to Ryan Null and have us punt for the fourth consecutive drive on a three and out. I mean, that, you know, as, every, as a Bears fan, you, know, you want to see them at least try to do something. I mean, it looks like they're not even trying to make a play out there. We're, we're talking about five-yard curve routes to Jimmy Graham on the most important plays of the game. Your guy Darnell Mooney, uh, I know you played Call of Duty with him and you had him on. Uh, for a little bit of mailbag last time uh, on Lakeshore Live over there. I mean, I, I feel like this is a guy who's been seriously held back by this offense because, you know, he's not built for this check down crap. You know, he's ready to go deep and make a play. And not it doesn't always have to be 50-yard bombs, but at least somewhere where somebody's going to throw him the ball deep. So uh, that's where I see when everyone talks about Mitch Trubisky and what he brings to the table. To me, that is the most crucial thing is giving these guys an opportunity, giving Allen Robinson a, an opportunity in the red zone, which we'll get into a, into a little bit more. Um, but for me, that that's what it's about, man. I mean, sheer excitement, more ability to make a play. I mean, you guys, everyone, all the fans listen to this. You're bored as hell, aren't you? You're bored as hell watching the Bears offense. And it's not going to change if Nick Foles is still the starter, but it will just by sheer nature of it, it will if Mitch is rolling out there Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, and if you go back to the Atlanta game too, like Mitch was benched because he couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life. So sure. they brought in Nick Foles to do that. But then Nick Foles can't even – I mean, obviously, granted, the last I, – I would actually say the last three games, starting from Tennessee, they actually – deep balls actually look good. They've actually completed some deep balls. Um, but, you know, outside of that – I don't know. You see glimpses of it. And then, you know, Nick Foles just has zero confidence in his offensive line. And he's, I mean, to put it blatantly, he's just scared. He doesn't, he's scared of getting hit. He gets hit all the time. He usually stands in the pocket to deliver that deep ball, but he's, I think he's just too scared to do it now. Um, and I think at this point with how bad the offensive line is to make this work, you need a mobile quarterback. I mean, mm -hmm. Grant, you, you need a mobile quarterback. So I mean, if you go back to the to the games, you know, obviously Nick Foles threw the three touchdowns, but, um, you know, Mitch Trubisky did make that comeback against the Lions, and he led two touchdowns in the first half, which is huge for us, uh, against the Giants. So, you know, he had one bad game, granted, and was taken out. I thought it was a good decision, but obviously, I don't know. I really don't know, and we're not going to know until we see Mitch again. So, at this point, I'm kind of, as the fan of me, just wants to see Mitch again to see if we have it. I keep saying last-ditch effort, Nagy moving the place to Bill Lazor, last-ditch effort, doesn't work. Mitch going to Nick Foles, last-ditch effort for this offense, isn't working now. So they go to Mitch and it doesn't work. You can just about kiss the season goodbye, but at least it'll be something. At least it'll be something. That's what I'm talking about. And it'll be something for Allen Robinson as well. Uh, you know, A-Rob came into the press conference smiling today. I don't know if you watched the press conference, but he was giddy. He was smiling. I believe one of the reporters asked him why he was so happy. And he wouldn't disclose anything. But my theory is he was smiling because he just came out of a practice where Mitchell Trubisky was throwing him the football. And he was feeling <laughs> great. Uh, but in all seriousness, 
Allen Robinson has seven red zone targets this year. Seven. Your best player on offense, the guy that we argue is a top 10, top five wide receiver in the league, has seven red zone targets. Inside the 10-yard line, he's been targeted two times all year. And Bears fans, they want to see A-Rod play well. They want to see their top player play well. They want him to be happy. They want him to re-sign. But that's not going to happen until Mitch becomes the quarterback and gets more opportunities. Who did Mitch go to with the season on the line against the Eagles? Yeah. Who, does Mitch throw, who, who does Mitch throw to in the red zone? Uh, you know, the fact that they're not running those slant routes that they ran twice against the Cowboys in week 13, was it, last year? That Thursday night game that was – I mean, that was just the easiest yeah, touchdowns I've ever seen. That was great. Yeah. Oh, slant routes, Allen Robinson, touchdown. Boom. Let's do it again. Boom. I mean, it, it's, it's that simple. I feel like if Nick Foles has a, you know, a moment where he's got to go down the field, he's, he's throwing five-yard check down to Ryan Nall and, and three-yard curls to Jimmy Graham. Like, I just don't feel like Nick Foles is targeting uh, Allen Robinson in the red zone as much as he should be, and I think everyone knows that. So, for his sake and for the fans who want to see Allen Robinson be happy, you know, I think Mitchell Trubisky is the best-case scenario for, for Allen Robinson himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we see his, uh, his agent is, is vocally not happy yes. with it too. He's been going off. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, it, it's a pretty crazy situation with A-Rob, but, um, you know, I know people would rather get rid of him this off season, not sign him back to get an offensive lineman or quarterback, which I understand, but, um, he brings such a dynamic to this offense that no other wide receiver that we'll pick up in the near future in the next couple of years is going to be even equal to Allen Robinson. Um, he is a premier, premier wide receiver, one of the best we've ever had here um, over the last two decades. So um, you take him out and watch how bad this offense can really get. Uh, he is literally the, the focal point of this offense. Uh, I think him and uh, Darnell Mooney actually comp complement each other really well. Um, I, I would like to see Riley Ridley in there a little bit more, but yeah, I mean, again, you see Mitch Trubisky out there. He just, he's just gonna, he knows his guys. He's been playing with Allen Robinson for yeah. you know two years now. Um, Anthony Miller, same thing. Yeah. I'm sure, honestly, here's another thing you're gonna see. I think Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham's uh, production when Mitch comes back, if Mitch comes back, is gonna skyrocket as well. You know how we know how much he loves his tight ends, especially from 2018 with Trey Burton. I think he was second in the team in targets or yards or something like that. So. Um, that's something we can't think about. We can't forget about either. Um, you know, we'll, we'll really have to see if this offense, and I'm actually pretty confident with Spriggs and Cush potentially mm -hmm. coming up. Um, Whitehair, you know, I, I think, I think there's hope. There's absolutely hope. I mean, we'll have to see because we're playing a really good team, a really good Packers team, which the defense, again, this is another defense that we can drive on. So Bears can move the ball. They can drive, they can score, and the defense can make some stops. Who knows? But yes, I, I agree. Allen Robinson, um, just because of the familiarity, I think Mitch Fools, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is the better option for Allen Robinson. <laughs> Mitch Falls. Yeah. The worst of both worlds. <laughs> Mitch, yes. That's terrible. Uh, uh, well, I think what you're trying to get at too is just that natural trust level. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, how, you know, the play that I point to, just talking about that trust level between at least Mitch Trubisky and Allen, or, uh, Anthony Miller, the Lions game, uh, you know, last year was that was that Thanksgiving when he threw the two third down passes to Alan, to Anthony Miller oh on gosh. that final drive of the game. I believe that was yeah. Thanksgiving. I believe it was. I mean, that trust level is just there. Uh, it's not there with Foles and those guys. And every week, man, it was, oh, yeah, we're working on it in practice. You know, we're trying to get that chemistry down. And it never came. It, it was never there. And, there's, and yeah. I don't think that's something that can be salvaged in the event that Nick Foles returns. So um, let's play a little game, though. We got a little fact of fiction here. That's a little segment we do sometimes to wrap it okay. up. Um, 
And I'll do the first one here. You mentioned Artavis Pierce, but I want to talk about Lamar Miller. So the fact or fiction question for you is in the next two to three weeks, Lamar Miller becomes the solidified RB2. Is that fact or fiction? Oh, next two weeks. I think it's going to be fiction. Um, I just think this because uh, ultimately you're going to be seeing David Montgomery is going to come back. And I think Cordell Patterson is going to be number two, regardless of who's there. Um, the only person I could see taking RB2 before, unless there's injuries is maybe Artavis Pierce. If he gets that Tariq Cohen role. Um, but uh, I can't see Lamar Miller. I just, I just, I think, I think there's more to Lamar Miller than what we're seeing. I think he's like complete, not completely healed. Um, I don't think he has the same pop that he had. So I think ultimately you see Cordell Patterson and Dave Montgomery. Um, I'm hoping for some Artavis Pierce mixture in the slot or maybe some jet sweeps or whatnot. Get him the ball more. Let me tell you, Austin, it took me one play to understand that Artavis Pierce would probably be the best option in that backfield on Monday night. Yeah, it was I that mean, one six-yard carry. Man, you say how long we've been missing Tariq, Tariq Cohen, and then you watch a play – like you watch this guy, and you're like, why is he not out there more? Like I don't, I don't – <laughs> Like, I know he's a rookie, but, like, we're in week 11. We're desperate. Put him out there more. I don't want to hear the rookie. Come on, guys. James Robinson is, I believe, second oh, in the NFL in scrimmage it. yards. He's and he's an undrafted it. free agent. Yeah. And I don't want to hear any of Oh, he's a rookie. Like, come on. And then, then you yeah. can say the same thing about Riley Ridley. What the hell are we talking about with that situation? Yeah. I, I, got, I got no answers for that. Um, let's go to another one. I got uh, Robert Quinn. Uh, underwhelming signing at the moment, but – does he turn it up? Robert Quinn collects over five sacks, five sacks or more in the next six games. Factor fiction at the lofty oh. number, but it's, I feel like it's not out of the question. Factor yeah, fiction, I five mean, sacks in the next he, he, you know, we just talked about this on the last podcast, how wasteful this contract has been. I mean, they're not even getting him out there enough to even do that. So, you know, the, the issue with, with Robert Quinn here is um, he has one move and it's that jump cut move that he does and if it doesn't work he's done so and then they take him out I mean obviously Mark Mingo's been playing better than him way better than him so I'm gonna have to say fiction again uh just because we're playing the Packers offensive line and you're not gonna sack Aaron Rodgers many times if it is gonna be a sack it'll be a Roquan Blitz or a Khalil Mack coming off the edge doing something crazy with one arm um and then you're playing some decent offensive lines in the Vikings um maybe he can get one against the Titans and the Jags but I just – I can't see him doing – turning it up. However, if he – I mean, again, if we're going to make the playoffs, we need things like this to happen. So, if we're going to make the playoffs, he's going to have to come alive. And, like, it's crazy because, like, Leonard Floyd has seven sacks this year. And now we're talking about Robert Quinn, who we just paid a million – actually, like, freaking multi-million dollar a year deal to not do anything. And he had 20 sacks one year. So, I don't know. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating. But, um, you know, maybe if they play him a little bit more, he'll get some more opportunities. But like we said on the podcast, sacks are all opportunistic. So if the quarterback is flushed out one way and Quinn's there, he'll get it. If, if he gets lucky on a, an offensive lineman falling over. So maybe things turn a little bit. But for now, I'll say fiction. Maybe, maybe I can see like two or three over the next couple of weeks. But, yeah. All right. Last one we got here. Uh, I believe you interviewed Jalen Johnson over at Lakeshore Live. Did you guys do that? Yes, yes. So he's got a tough task. He'll be matched up against Devonta Adams a few times uh, Sunday night, but this is a confident guy who's not afraid of anybody, uh, as you should know. I mean, this is a guy who you would not believe is a rookie. Seems like a seasoned veteran, the way he talks, the way he plays. Fact or fiction, Jalen Johnson locks down 
Devontae Adams on Sunday night when asked to guard him. You got to tell me what lockdown refers to because regardless, lockdown he's going to he's gonna be making some catches. What do you say? Like under 50, under 60? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to do. Under 50, under 50 okay. yards. Yeah, I, I got to, I mean, we got to support our guys who uh, come on the podcast. So, yeah, 100%. And, and he, so Jalen said, we asked him who, what cor- what wide receiver he's looking um, most forward to going up against. And he emphatically said mm-hmm. uh, Devontae Adams. So, um, yes, absolutely saying that he can lock him down. He's going to be pumped to go up against Devontae Adams. I know there, he's been watching film since uh, the game ended on Sunday or on Monday. So, um, you know, he'll be ready to go. And I know Kyle Fuller will be doing just the same when he's matched up against him. But, uh, yeah, Jalen Johnson's got a tough task. And if he wants to put his name out, one of his goals is Defensive Rookie of the Year. If he wants to stamp his mark on the map here, uh, shut down Devontae Adams and you'll be on your way. Shut down Devontae Adams and get yourself a turnover. I mean, that, yes. that's what talks yeah. when it comes to those awards. So maybe a pick six. I'm just throwing it out there. You never Man, know. Man, we're all hoping for We're all waiting for it. We're all waiting for it. <laughs> In an opera, we need those opportunistic mm. uh, defensive turnovers, man. Those we don't have those like we did in 2018. So, nope. We'll see. Absolutely right. Well, that will do it for us here uh, with Austin and I here on Bears Nation Podcast. Again, check out Lakeshore Live. They do some great stuff over there. Hoping for some more collabs in the future, but hopefully, uh, you guys will check them out, and we're all feeling good, or, or at least somewhat better, uh, after this episode about what's going on with the Bears and what they got going forward uh, against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. That game will not be flexed, so if the Bears are miserable, the whole nation might have to see it, but if they win, the whole nation will see a revitalized team and a team with a lot of hope. So, yep. ha- Good to have you on, Austin. Always a fun time, brother. Uh, we'll see you next time, and uh, this is very nice podcast. Yeah, Thank man. Thanks. Let's go.